Welcome to MS Payne Adventures, a podcast where I reread and finally finish Homestuck. And I read Homestuck for the first time. I'm Gren. I'm Brendan. And if for some reason you don't know what Homestuck is, let me tell you about Homestuck. Homestuck is a webcomic written by Andrew Hussey from 2009 to 2016 that was hosted on the website mspaintadventures.com. It's about a bunch of kids who play an intergalactic, interdimensional video game. The webcomic is known for its epic length, wacky array of characters, and cult following. This week, what we read is the beginning of Act 2, and here's a brief summary of that. Years in the future, but not many, a wayward vagabond is seen wandering through a desert. Back in the present, Rose is leaving a post on a game forum warning anyone about to play Suburb what will happen if they do. Meanwhile, John's home is surrounded by a void. It appears that the asteroid has destroyed everything around him. Colonel Sprite divides and now appears to John as a sprite, a ghost-like figure that resembles a jester that his father gave. oh backtrack it resembles a jester that his father gave him as a birthday present it becomes apparent that this wayward vagabond from the future is the one writing the commands for the story and is in a way attempting to control john while attempting to help john with the game rose drops his dad's car into a void losing him his present from garden gnostic John is talking to a turn-tech godhead, asking him about his own suburb beta, and he says that he's lost it. Who is turn-tech godhead? None other than Dave Strider, a cool guy who is into DJing, photography, and ironic website keeping. Dave accidentally spills apple juice on his copies of the suburb beta. He hangs them up to keep them dry by his window. A crow comes in and tries to take them, and to stop the crow, he throws a a sword at it. But of course, the bird goes flying out the window onto the city pavement below, and so do his betas. Dave goes in search of his bro's beta copy. John battles some imps, little jester creatures that have appeared after the asteroid hit. Rose gets powered from a backup generator next to a mausoleum on her property that houses her dead cat, Jasper. The sprite gets merged with John's grandma's ashes and becomes Nana Sprite and helps John fight the imps. Wow. And she also tells John about what his goals will be for this game. And I've actually copied and pasted what those are because it's kind of hard for me to explain it on my own. It was a lot. (laughs) What Nana Sprite says is, above the medium, beyond the seven gates, residing at the core of the Incisphere, is a place known as Skya. Legend holds that Skya exists as a dormant crucible of unlimited creative potential where a realm of such profound importance is concerned, forces of light will forever be charged with its defense, while forces of darkness will just as persistently covet its destruction. And it so happens, at the center of this realm, where fate is in question, these very forces duel on a stage, stuck in eternal stalemate. Yes, they have dueled in this matter forever, that is, until you, you being John, showed up. The Sprite's previous incarnation, which resulted from Colonel Sprite's hatching, and this hatching occurred automatically in response to the uh, John's arrival. The result of the pair of colonels, one light, one dark, each carrying the information they were prototyped with before the hatch. One goes down to a kingdom drenched in darkness. The other goes up to a kingdom basking in light. Each comes to rest in an orb atop a spire, of which there are three others in kind. The four spires are situated on top 
of a throne, and these two thrones preside over the two respective sovereign powers. And once the kernels were situated, that is when the game is afoot. The war begins, light versus dark, good versus evil. This is a war that the forces of light are always destined to lose, without exception. For you, your objective is to proceed towards Gaia and pass through the first gate, situated directly above your house, not even terribly far. The gates will become progressively more difficult to reach, so you had better be prepared to sharpen your adventuring skills. Uh, so last wow. episode, yeah, it's a lot. Last episode, a lot. <laughs> we forgot to talk about um, these machines that basically come with the suburb game. Right. Yeah. And these machines use uh, this. The wacky names. They use I think this, I wrote some of them yeah. down. I don't remember all of them. They though. use this property called Grist. And basically each mm-hmm. um, player. The so Gushers. John, yeah, they look like Gushers. They can be attained when you win strifes, which are little battles that John has been doing. He did one with his dad, um, and he's been yes. doing them with the imps. And Colonel Sprite, which we forgot to talk about last time, is an entity that was produced by one of these machines. And he looks, mm-hmm. like I said, the giant jester doll that his jester. dad got him for his birthday. So... <laughs> Brendan, uh, what, what did you think about this thing that we read this week? Whew. It was it was actually kind of a lot. I yeah, sorry about. I that. was no, 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 no. You're fine. I actually thought it was going to be a lot longer, but and I and I thought I passed the level that you gave me, like the stopping point that you gave me, but mm-hmm. I actually didn't. So there was quite a few moments where I thought it was going to end, but then it kept going. Does that make sense? Yeah. It started off with the wayward vagabond. Yeah. Uh, many years in the future, in a desert landscape, he finds the crux trader. I think that. Mm-hmm ended up being in John's house. Yeah. And I thought that was a really, really cool sort of foreshadowing moment Mm -hmm. that gets you very interested in where this story might go. Okay. And the end of the world is happening because of all these meteors that are falling, which you see from Rose's perspective so many times, Mm -hmm. which I thought was insane because there were so many meteors. And my question for that, I guess, is... Is that everyone who's playing Suburb um, has a meteor coming towards them? Or is that just because a couple people are playing Suburb and it just causes the end of the world? Well, I'm not going to say. You'll find out. Okay. <laughs> it's really yeah, hard exactly. because there's a lot of things that happen and some stuff that I feel comfortable. Not even spoiling because they're not actual important plot points. But there are some things that I feel like I shouldn't say because I don't want to spoil things. I see. I want to talk about uh, Wayward Vagabond real quick, or at least what I wrote down in my notes about it. It It kind of reminds me of, have you seen the Black Mirror episode Bandersnatch? Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Which is obviously not a connection I would have made when I first read this back in 2011. But I... uh, (laughs) I thought about this reading as again, and I also thought about possible themes of control within the text. Interesting. Because John is, we learned that Wayward Vagabond is essentially controlling John and, or pretty much anybody in the game. Possibly, we're not entirely sure about that yet. We know for certain John. Right. And it's interesting. Well, there were four screens yeah. in the Wayward Vagabond's okay, see, I didn't little hideout that. that he found. 
So I assume he's going to be able to control or talk to everyone mm-hmm. who eventually plays, which I'm assuming is the four main characters. But it's interesting because when we get to Dave, I'm going to jump to Dave and then come back. When we get to Dave, okay. he doesn't really go along with any control, anything that is set for him to do. They type in his name, but he's like, no, my name's Dave. We're not even going to mess around with that fake uh, name trope that we did previously with John and Rose. fake name bullshit, (laughs) yeah. And there's a part, too, where his fan is set up, so you think he's going to put his fan to dry out the suburb betas, and that's the way that they fall out the window. But, of course, he he is a clever little lad for only a moment and pushes (laughs) it back. For me, I'm thinking of uh, themes of control as far as John goes. It seems like everybody's trying to tell him what to do. You know, Wayward Vagabond is putting commands into this thing, hoping that he'll go along with them. Rose is controlling, literally controlling the world, the environment around him. It seems like he's at a loss for control, but yet he's also the main player in this game, which we touched upon when um, Nana Sprite explains the whole kind of, I want to say, what's the right word? You play video games. What's the right word? <laughs> yes. The like uh, goals for the game, like what he has to do. Yeah, he has like a quest yeah, that quest, he sort of you. sent on. Word. Yeah. So he he even has like a quest he's supposed to follow. So I just think that's a little bit interesting. And quite frankly, back in the day, I don't think anybody was really talking about themes when they were talking about Homestuck. Not at all. I could I could tell right away that no one was ever thinking about the themes. It kind of reminds me of it. <laughs> it it <laughs> okay, reminds me of it, it remind because of it? it is like I read Stephen King's book on writing and he says he doesn't necessarily write stories. He doesn't attempt to write stories that are character pieces, but then like if you watch it, I haven't read the book, so I can't say about the book. People latch onto the story because of like the wacky weird shit and also because of the characters. Like the plot right. is uh, cuckoo bananas and <laughs> it's subpar, maybe. It's like okay, it's a little weird. Definitely the movie, the second one had weird pacing. So I don't want to say mm-hmm. that the plot of Homestuck is the same as that, but I do It's like think... a Stephen King book. I don't want to say that because <laughs> I don't know if it's exactly <laughs> true. But it do think that people, fans of it, do latch onto it because of all of the idiosyncrasies in the story, the little things, the little right, references, right. and because of the characters. Well, and it's so cool, too. There's so many references already, even in the first like few pages that we've read, that's already like callbacks. And if I were to say one of those words to somebody they would totally not understand what I was saying. And I find that already so cool because there's a community of people out there that know exactly what you're saying, but you would say that to literally anyone else and they have no idea. I have accounted two buckets so far in the story. Anybody who's listening who knows what I'm talking about, they know what I'm talking about. If you know, you know. But I have encountered two (laughs) buckets. Brendan, uh, you don't know what that means yet. Oh, no. All right, never mind. Let's keep going. Okay. I'll just forget about what you so just said. what we were talking about, the wayward vagabond, comes after that. Rose, Rose. and her forums. Mm-hmm. I want to touch on that real quick. Rose kind of leaves these really long. So long. Extens- extensive 
I want to say pretentious. Very pretentious. Now that you say it, yeah, it's things like in the forum, an FAQ, yeah, yeah, in this forum explaining the game, and I'm not sure if it's meant to be ironic or if it's meant to be sincere. So I have something to say about that. Yeah, I that website is actually a, a real website. See, I didn't, which know is that. so funny to me because I used to use that website when I was younger to help myself get through games that I didn't know what to do. Like there was a certain puzzle that I couldn't figure out. So I went to that website to get it figured out. And I find it so interesting that they use that actual website to create an entire FAQ for this game. And it it just, it brought back a lot of memories, which I thought was so, so cool. It was just a very nostalgic moment for me. But you were right in the fact that Rose sort of wrote this very pretentious, I know everything about this game, you have to follow my frequently asked questions Mm -hmm. than anyone else who wrote. Because there were were a couple of other guides, but I'm sure Rose's is going to be the most detailed and the most, Mm -hmm. I don't know, most specific. Mm -hmm. Because... Well, it's a brand new game. In the very beginning. Right. In the very beginning, she says, if you've already seen a meteor coming to your house or something, you know, skip to the end of this FAQ and read immediately what you need to read, which I thought was a very interest, interesting sort of organizational skills. Not really related, but I think it's, is it, are you supposed to say FAQ? Because my whole life I've said FAQ. Like I've... <laughs> I th- I think you can call it a fact. I don't know. It's a lot funnier if you say fact. Well, it's just one of those it, things it I never like say fuck. out loud. <laughs> I say FAQ, and I guess you can say fact, and people will know what you mean. Okay. I mean, they better. <laughs> <laughs> what do... Let's talk about the thing that I was very anticipated for you to see and to experience. I'm excited. Let's talk about Dave Strider. <laughs> Yes. Can I tell you this is my favorite character? I knew so this far. would Dave be your Strider favorite is character. So wonderful. See, I knew that. I love him. And because okay. not just because because of who you are, but yes. Dave is I wanna say a lot of people's favorite character. Dave and Rose are probably, in my opinion, from what I've seen, people's most favorite of the four kids. Okay. Mostly Dave. Dave and then Rose. So I am... I can totally understand why people like Dave. I I guess I can kind of see why people like Rose, because she's got that edgy vibe to her. Yeah. And a lot of people will probably flourish to that. Mm-hmm. But Dave has sort of this cool vibe where you got to just like me anyways, because I'm this unlikable, likable guy. He's very annoying in the way where he, he becomes likable. Dave has this Silidex, which all the characters have. And it's not something that I pay too much attention to. A lot of the technical aspects that are referenced to um, video games and other technologies are sort of things that I don't really... I'm going to go ahead and say I don't really care about <laughs> while we're <laughs> Homestuck. Right. But Dave's Silidex is so convoluted. It is... So crazy. It's math-based. So each letter in the alphabet has mm-hmm. a numerical value assigned to it. And so if you add up the numbers assigned to each letter in a word, it comes up with one number, right? And so that's the order of all the objects in his Silidex. 
Right. I wrote it down. You wrote as it down. Each consonant is a value of two, and each value or each vowel is a value of one. Oh, so you figured it out. <laughs> I thought it was it's, just no. Random. He explained it. Oh, he did. I wasn't paying attention then. Yeah, See, there he you explained go. it somewhere in there. He gave the example of box. So box B is a consonant. So that equals two. Mm-hmm. O is a vowel that equals one, and then X is a consonant which equals two, and that ends up equaling five, and then. 5% of 10 is 5, mm-hmm. which is very simple for mm. basically any number mm. that that you come up with because it's always just going to be almost the same number that you have. See, this is not... Because there's 10 cards in the deck labeled from 0 to 9. This is not something that I would get behind so easily. Not at all. Because I'm terrible at math. I, it took me like 30 minutes to figure it out because I was sitting there. See, I, I didn't even think. I was like, just like, what? I'm like, yeah, that's a thing he does. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I can deal with Time it. to move on. I believe on the Game Bro website, there is an image of the spicy, sweet, chili flavored Doritos. Oh, yes. And this is something that I really want to talk about. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, which again, you're like three years younger than me. So I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe. But on the Colbert Report, have you ever watched Colbert Report? Yes. A while ago I did. There was this whole thing. I don't know if it was legit product placement, but Stephen Colbert was like obsessed with the spicy, sweet, chili flavored Doritos, which I don't even know if this is an actual Dorito flavor that's still in production. I haven't seen them at the store. It's the purple one, right? It's the purple one. Yeah. Do they still? I, it's definitely in production. Okay. I just, I've seen them I around. just don't eat snacks, I guess. And so whenever I see those stupid Doritos, I think of Colbert Report because he had like a weird obsession with them. So much so there was an episode <laughs> I remember where these, I don't remember who it was. Somebody made this machine that could produce clean water out of anything. What? They were going to use it for charity purposes. Of but course. Stephen Colbert was like, so you're telling me if I dump my spicy, sweet, chili flavored Doritos into this machine, I can get <laughs> pure water? And they were like, yeah. And then he did it. <laughs> wow. And that's ingrained I don't remember that. in my memory. <laughs> what a memory to have. That's amazing. Okay. Now I kind of want some spicy, sweet, chili Doritos. I haven't had them since then. I don't recall what they taste like. Spicy and sweet. I don't either. I only have Cool Ranch. Those are the best ones anyways. That's disgusting. Everybody (laughs) knows the only valid flavor of Doritos is nacho cheese. Whatever. Whatever. It's classic as apple pie and apple juice. Oh, the apple juice. (laughs) So in my notes for the apple juice, when that came up, he was talking this apple juice Mm -hmm. up so much. It sounded delicious. Yeah. So I wrote next to my notes, I drink that juice. Mm. Little did I know later on that it might be Howie Mandel's pee. (laughs) Which I don't remember if we talked about that the last episode, but Howie Mandel. I don't think we did. We did talk about Little Monsters, how I got halfway through that movie. No, not even halfway, 25% through that movie. And I was so annoyed. I couldn't keep watching it. I had to quit. But that's a reference to that film. Howie Mandel pees in apple juice and then the little kid from, what's the name of the show? Oh, God. I don't even remember. The little kid goes to drink That little it kid. And it's piss. We'll call him Johnny. It's piss. Another thing I was very excited to talk about with you is Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff. <laughs> <sighs> okay. 
What What did you want to talk about? With what did you? I want. I want your a hundred percent realness right now with Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff, please. So Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff, remind me who they are. It's the comic that Dave writes. Oh, the blog that he makes fun of for Game Bro. It's the co- the web comic that he writes, Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff. Did I not read that? Did I miss it? I think you might have missed it. Oh no! What? I hope not, because all I have in my notes after the juice was his computer, and then he runs his own game uh, blog that makes fun of Game Bro, and then I wrote down MS Paint Adventures exists in Homestuck universe. Yes, it does. I'm sending it over the the Discord. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's a real time reaction, folks. So this is Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff. This is the web comic that Dave writes. And it's supposed to be ironic. I didn't even see this. Was this one of the links? This is one of the links. I must have just not clicked it. I must have just skipped right over it. Wow. See, and that makes me, you know, sort of happy too that if I were to ever reread this one day, there will <laughs> there will be something new. See, but the thing is... I'm sure there's something new for everybody. I mean, there's certainly things that I'm noticing, but they're mostly thematic, not so much like actual story things. Of course, I mean, I forgot most of it, which is why I'm reading this now. But right. do you want to... You can read Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff. We can talk about it next time. Yeah, we can definitely talk about it next time. But Sweet we'll, Bro we'll bring and it Hella up. Jeff is like iconic it's probably it's one, of the, one of the most iconic, iconic things. things in homestuck canon dave's bro mysterious he loves puppets you're what? gonna see more of that later and i'm very excited for you to see that rose's mom has a w- obsession with wizards and something that i recognize now upon rereading it is it seems like all of the guardians have obsessive interest or niche interest and I can't remember about Garden Gnostic's Guardian, but when we get there, we'll find out, I guess. They, so they all have Guardians, I'm assuming. Yes, then. they do. They all have just a single Guardian? Yes, they all have one Guardian, which will make sense way down the line, but you'll have to wait. We have to wow. get there. Okay. See, now I'm trying to think, I wonder if at the beginning of writing this, if Andrew Hussey had this entire plot, um ready to go or if he made it up as he went along there are certain things i don't know for certain anybody who's listening who knows for certain please let me know but it definitely seems going back rereading that it's all set up from the beginning my thing is is that i think a lot of it was made up and then he built on top of that because that's what it seems like to me Mm -hmm. A lot of the stuff at the beginning was made up and was just there to be lol so random. And then he realized, oh, I can make an actual story of this. Let me make this work. Well, not so much talking about like the little jokes and references so much as I'm talking about like character things and plot things that you're going to see and like theme. I mean, maybe he had some sort of general idea, but I don't think any of the... Oh, gosh, any of the actual storytelling with any of the four kids. Like, maybe maybe he had the four kids in mind. But any of the Colonel Sprites and shit like that, I don't think any of that was planned. Uh, it, it couldn't have I been. I beg to differ with you, Brendan. As we go okay. along, I think you're going to see that this story gets, like, oh, it gets crazy, complex, and intricate, and detailed that I don't 
again, if anybody listening knows for sure, let us know. But I, for one, am starting to think that I don't, I don't think that was possible. I think that there was there was a plot layout for certain, and there was a theme layout for certain. Wow, that's actually very interesting then, because I don't know how you can get any of this into a story and have it make any sort of sense. So I'm excited for this to somewhat make sense, I hope. Well, it's kind of, it doesn't make sense to you right now. Um, it's starting to make sense, okay. I think, is what I'm, is what I'm saying. Okay. It's, you're starting to see an actual story take shape. Right. And I think right. it's just yeah. hard. There's a little bit of story happening, but I'm expecting more later okay. on. I think it's hard because of the length. It's not, I mean, an average TV show season or like a movie you kind of know right. when a certain part of the story is going to happen because, you know, all stories kind of follow that structure, that arc. And right now it's hard I to think see you're right that too. because of how long it is and how little we're reading as we go along. Like, we're only on the second episode. There's so that's much insane. more. There's so much more that's going to happen. And I do think it's hard to see it as a story now. Because we're so at the beginning. I also think that we're just in a sort of weird time in society that everything is so laid out and like fast and to the point. Nothing is really drug out anymore for effect or whatever. It's very precise. And because people have short attention spans now. So it's very, very different for me being used to watching all of these TV shows and these movies that are just so short and direct and to the point that it's hard to keep focused and understand a story that's laid out long mm-hmm. over time, mm-hmm. like Homestuck is. Yeah, that's understandable. It's definitely unique in that regard. I definitely think this story is going to be studied by historians. I don't know about that. Definitely in, I would in the hope future. So. A lot of people make the illusion. They say that it's like the internet's Ulysses. Do you know? You're, are you familiar with Ulysses? Yeah, like the Iliad and the Odyssey. No, I'm talking about um, the book by um, Ulysses by James Joyce, the novel. It's this really oh. big, it's a very long book. It's a brick. I have it. And a lot of people think it's very uh, difficult to read and to get through. And it's a very long story, but it's kind of like Homestuck in that, at least what I've been told, in that a lot of what happens in it is minute. And it's my understanding that the story takes place over the course of one night, but it's very, very, very long. So it's kind of like Homestuck. The whole story takes place in one night? Mm -hmm, I believe so. So Homestuck doesn't... You'll see. It's not a very... It's a little harder to describe because it's not linear, but it's similar in that so much of what happens in this story is minute. So there's so many pages of like, John walks across the room, and that's like a page. So right. it's kind of similar like that. So a lot of people make comparison f- between those two, these two texts, which I think is very interesting. But like you said, people, that's going to sound so snobby when I say this out loud, but people don't <laughs> tend to read as much anymore. At least the common, that's not the number one source of entertainment that people partake in. And so I think that, like you said, the thing with the attention span is I think the average person 
who doesn't find any enjoyment in this is not going to go through with it because it's just it's a lot and like it was a lot it's a lot when the hiatus ended i didn't get back into homestuck because I had already kind of forgotten about it and I knew that I was going to have to go back from the beginning to read it. I couldn't, it's not something that you could stop reading for a couple of years and jump right back into. At least I don't think it is, which is kind of why I'm rereading it now. <laughs> you gave this excuse to me so that you could actually reread it. That's the, well, yeah, I wanted to that's the it. whole point. And now that I'm rereading it, I am catching more things thematically speaking. Let me do a segue. Yay. So a theme that I noticed at least with the beta, the beta kids, is what these four kids are referred to as. We only know three so far. We'll get introduced to the fourth one soon, hopefully within the next or the episode after that. But a theme with the four beta kids is that they're often, they present themselves in a certain way that they aren't actually are in reality. Sounds like a lot of they're people all now. Upset. Well, I'd say that it's a teenage thing, in my opinion. Which okay. I think was the reason a lot of teenagers connected with this story rather than like 20-somethings. So for one, they're all obsessed with irony, which is <laughs> a total teenage thing. I feel like when you're a teenager, everything is ironic, or at least it was back in 2011, 2012. And then when you get into college, you're so tired, or college age, early 20s, you're so tired that you can't like anything i everything is genuine interesting right. you just don't give a shit anymore what people think you just gotta live your life you just don't care Which at I, that point <laughs> honestly yeah you don't care if whatever you like isn't uncool you're too tired too so all the kids are obsessed with irony and that's interesting because the definition of dramatic irony is saying one thing when the audience knows the opposite to be true right john is presented as being this silly jovial goofball but in the context of the story so far, he's actually the hero. And Dave is presented as like a cool guy who loves Iron Yes. A cool dude, but really he's like a goon. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's very sincere and he's like not to be taken seriously at all. And then Rose is presented as very, you know, dark and stoic and mysterious. Right. And really she's a silly, she's a silly goof. Right. And she, she totally also, is. A lot of what she does, I believe, is fueled by irony. And then Garden Gnostic, I can't say for certain just yet, but you will see that when we get to it. I Speaking of yeah. Garden Gnostic a little bit, there was mm-hmm. some pester chum talk to Garden Gnostic in this mm-hmm. sort of section that we read. And mm-hmm. Garden Gnostic has to feed Beck. And I'm assuming Beck is a dog of some sort. Because I believe Dave talked about taking it behind the shed and shooting it in the head or something like that. And it was, I I hope it's a dog because I love dogs. It would be classic Homestuck if it wasn't a dog and it was something completely random like a snake or something wild like that. Do you want me to tell you or do you want to wait to find out? Hmm. If it has really nothing to do with the story, go ahead and tell me. See, that's the thing. Pretty much everything has something to do with the story in Homestuck. Oh, God. Okay. We'll just, you'll just wait to see. We'll wait. We'll wait. Let's just wait to see. What else? Speaking of pets, or speaking of animals. Okay. Rose has a drawing of her dead cat, Jasper. Yeah. Up on the fridge. Yeah. Which has a $15,000 frame around it, first of all. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. 
Rose and her mom have this a weird relationship, but really, I think it's mostly on Rose's part. And this is mm-hmm. another theme. I'm really into my themes this week. This is another theme that I've noticed is that all the kids have relationships with their guardian. These relationships are also not what they are presented as in reality. Okay. So like John thinks that his dad doesn't like him and that his dad is lame when in actuality his dad is very loving and his he dad seems even that has way. like Yeah, well he has like similar interest as him and he pays attention to his son's interest. Right. He was going to bake him. him a cake. Yeah. He was going to you know, give him a birthday present that has to do with his Harlequins, probably because he mm-hmm. thinks John likes the Harlequins. And mm-hmm. I don't know. He He's very loving and very, you know, he cares about him, which mm-hmm. unfortunately John probably doesn't see. I, uh, I would assume he would see later on after he goes to save his dad. And so Rose says that her mom is passive aggressive. She seems so I passive aggressive. Think... <laughs> I think, I believe that Rose's mom is actually just really extra in how she shows affection towards Rose. Aww. And that she shows it through, like, materialistic means. And because Rose is all about, like, irony, she doesn't see it as genuine. It's her love language. And That's so, the mom's yeah, love language. Yeah, it's her language. love language. Her love language is gifts. That's yes. a love language, right? So Rose doesn't notice. She doesn't accept that that's what it is and sees it as, like, this weird back and forth. So, like, examples of that is Rose, she has those um, magnetic letters that she put on the fridge. Yes. And ran out of a W, so her mom bought her a whole mom thing of W's. W's. And so Rose was like, ugh, she bought me. Thanks, <laughs> mom. I'll take a W, but I'm going to put 13 cents for each W I use, because that's how much it costs. And I'm going to write this thank you note, and I'm going to sign it in blood. And then her mom puts a little pillow under the thing. I you know. know. It's so, so sweet. I was like, that's so cute. And her mom gives her a pony, and she gives her mom this, like, bronze vacuum cleaner, which is supposed to be ironic. And so her mom puts a pillar, builds a pillar to put the vacuum cleaner on, because it's such a nice gift. Right. And sometimes she plugs it in and uses it for some reason. And then there's Jasper, who is... The dead cat. Rose's dead cat was stuffed by her mother and put into this mausoleum. This huge mausoleum, by the way. To me, that was supposed to be, like, on from Rose's mother, like, a nice gesture. And Rose doesn't see it as such. She thinks it's creepy and unnatural i love the one part where rose just pushes off the the grave and he just falls out of it i thought that was so funny and going back to the theme i can't say for certain how it involves dave and garden gnostic but it's kind of similar the relationship with the the guardians but it's an inversion and Mm. you're gonna see what i mean by that Ooh, i'm excited when we find out more about dave's bro and then when we see garden right i have it written down in my notes what those relationships are but i'm not going to tell you because spoilers okay remind me who's the rapping one is that dave or is that his brother or who dave raps i believe that his brother also raps but that's dave's thing 
Dave's thing so is that like he raps. He had some bars, not gonna lie. He had some really good bars in there. I think I wrote one of them down. Let me find it. I, I did. I'm gonna rap it for you. Are you ready? I guess. Okay. You would never consider allowing any fluid even remotely resembling urine to touch your beloved ter Oh, wait. Is that it? <laughs> is that the actual... Is actually, Wait, hold on. I don't know if that was the actual rap. I don't rap. know. Are those his actual rap or is that... No, that's, that's not the rap. The narration. I wrote it down somewhere. Where the hell did I write it down? Oh, well. That, well, he raps and I he had bars, so... Okay. I don't think he really has bars, but okay. <laughs> that's what it's... I think a lot of people gravitate towards Dave because he has a lot of interest and things associated with him. I think that's that's one of my understandings about it. And also because he's a cool guy, TM. But like I cool said... Cool guy, TM. A, He's a goon. That's so funny. He's a goon. I have one more note. I'm excited. <laughs> and it's how I said this last time I was wrong. I talked about Problem Sleuth and how it was not a real story on MS Paint Adventures. But oh, it actually is. It actually I got is. it mixed up. I got it mixed up with the Midnight Crew. So the, so Midnight, the Midnight Crew, crew is not a mm -hmm. real one. No, it is real in the universe of Homestuck. In the universe of the story Homestuck, it is a story on mspaintadventures.com. Right. But if you go on the mspaintadventures.com, like the one that we go on to read Homestuck, okay. it's not available to read. And you will see why in the future. God damn it. I love how there's a reason why everything exists, though. I, I think I like that about Homestuck a lot, is that there's a reason for everything. That's why I have such a hard time believing that most of it was not planned, because it's so complex. At least, like, I could never write a story that was so complex that I didn't have any clue. But you will see. I don't really have any other notes. Do you have any? I can talk about uh, some of my favorite moments that I read. I remember Rose was reading a book that had a bunch of oh, yeah. crazy the demons. The Grimoire. That's what it was called. Yeah, it had all these eldritch monsters in it. The Dark Forces. And I wrote down their names and sort of what they did. Mm -hmm. So there's Fluthulu. He's the foul... <laughs> <laughs> Fluthulu, foul patrician of misery. Hearing his belly gurgle, you know the time of joy is coming to an end. So I guess gurgling belly means it's bad bad news bears. <laughs> yeah. All right. And I'm going to mispronounce this name. So Not please correct me. Nerubiglith. Nerub, Nerubiglith. He's the... I have no idea. They're the shame beast <laughs> king of grotesquerie. Writhe lord of most beyondhood. And the chirps and tongue clicks causes your bones to explode. That sounds wild. <laughs> yeah. I would never want that to happen. Are you familiar with the Cthulhu mythos? Not really. I've heard of it. I haven't really read any of it. Okay. That's fine. You don't have to. <laughs> okay. I usually, I mostly say that because H.P. Lovecraft is a bigot and a racist. Oh, God. Well. Of course. But he created, yeah, he created the Cthulhu mythos, which I feel like most people at least know what Cthulhu is. Yes. Or like, I know what Cthulhu they've is. They've seen an image and they know what that is from not even the actual source material from like other stuff like video games and board games and the like. I was just asking. 
Okay. There's one more called Oglagoth. The Deep One. He grinds his teeth and all the children of a random galaxy will frown for a 9,000 year span. Which I think is absolutely hilarious. Because... Oh, that's funny. Could you imagine if someone just around you here on Earth just started frowning for the rest of their life? That would suck. But it would also be kind of funny. Oh, you know what's weird about the grimoire? What? Is the page where there's pictures of windows? The summoning page, you mean? I was going to talk about that. I don't get it. I don't get that. I don't understand. There's a window... A plug in a yeah. socket, an open window, yeah. a church window, yeah. a window with a door, and another church window. <laughs> One of these is... things is not like the other. I'm I don't get what the joke is. All of them are windows except a plug in a socket, which I don't get either. Apparently that's how you summon a demon or one of the the monsters in the grimoire. If anybody if anybody listening knows what that page means or what it's a reference to or what the joke is, please let us know. Please. I have no idea. I was like, is there something I'm not getting? I feel like <laughs> I was what am I what's happening? I don't know. I think that's uh that's really all I wanted to talk about as well. I think that was uh, the, we last, probably the last probably touch thing. on nana sprites oh i do want to talk about uh, one more thing though okay you go first i wanted to talk about the sort of flash programming the flash game Mm -hmm. programming that Mm -hmm. made it really cool like i was playing a video game so i used the wasd keys on my keyboard and could click around and you know inspect everything to tell me more of the story and had the sprite follow me around throughout the whole house which I thought was very interesting, too. And it said, Outstanding Flash Programming by Alexis Gankro Bingesner. I hope that's how you pronounce it. Please let me know if it's wrong and if it's said some other way. But I thank you, Alexis Gankro Bingesner, for making that. You did a very, very good job, and thank you for adding to the story. See, I don't remember that part. I mean, I remember it from what we just read. Right. I don't remember it being there when I first read this in 2011. Interesting. So if anybody knows if that was added later on. Ooh, what if it was? Because I just don't know. Because I'm certain there were things that were changed. There's one specific thing way, way, way in the future of this uh, text that I know was changed because it received backlash. But I'm sure that there are other things that... Are we going to get to that part then soon? The part that he changed? That I know of? No, not soon. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's way down the line. Also, I did have one question for the audience, or for you even. Who composed the music is my question. The music is absolutely wonderful. I love it. I do not know this person's name. I think it was composed by one person. I could be wrong. But if you look up, I'm not going to tell you to look it up because spoilers right spoilers but there are albums of homestuck music that's featured in the comic that you can find on not soundcloud bandcamp i know for sure and they're also on youtube yeah please tweet at one of us and let us know who composed the music or something Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, please. if my memory serves, I know of one person. I don't remember his name. We'll figure it out for the next episode. I don't know if there's more than one person. That's all I wanted to talk about for today, at least. Do you have anything else that you wanted to say? I think just really briefly touch on what Nana Sprite said. I don't remember if we said it at the beginning of this episode. Okay. But essentially, the realm, I think is the right word, that John is currently in is referred to as the middle. Right, and the yes. Further we go, the further we go into the story, all of this will kind of make more sense because there'll be visual reference for it. Okay. Skaya becomes a big part of it. His quest becomes more a part of the story. It becomes non-linear at a point, but also the kids kind of all go their separate waves, if I correct, if I remember correctly. It becomes, I don't know if complicated is the right word, but... I wouldn't be surprised with this see. story, to be honest. <laughs> but it seems very, when she says the what his quest is, like classic, you know, adventure video game. Exactly, right. And as we know, this story takes a lot of inspiration from various types of video games which i think is quite interesting i would recommend anybody watch bandersnatch it's kind of interesting i know we i love that that show so much how that also has themes of control and makes references to choose your own adventure games very much like this one even though this one is kind of formatted like a choose your own adventure a little bit but you can't really choose your own adventures in homestuck it's kind of unfortunately you can't unfortunately but oh boy imagine how much more complex it would be oh my god don't tell me that that'd be insane i think that's all we have to say this week or at least that's all i have to say awesome well that was a really good episode honestly we talked about quite a few things we definitely i'm excited to read more i'm definitely excited to read more for sure which is kind of what i want the the vibe to be is to be excited to read more that's good that's good i am excited you and i talking about this has definitely hyped me up a lot more because there were quite a few things that i didn't see like the sweet bro and hella jeff thing and Mm -hmm. you helped me understand a few things that i was confused about so i definitely Mm -hmm. like talking about this so it hypes me up a lot more thanks everybody for listening this week very much appreciate it thank you thank you thank you do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Bendrens, B-E-N-D-R-E-N-S. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter as well at G-R-E-N-C-A-S-A-S. Great. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.